All right. Hello and welcome back. This is Colin Keeley here. And I'm Brent Sanders. We are two guys buying and building wonderful internet companies. And today we're going to talk about everybody's favorite subject, raising prices. Recently, we sent out an email one year after our acquisition of Scout that we're finally doing what we were, I think, intending. I think your idea was to do it within like the first couple months. But I said we had to improve the product at least a little bit, show some value. And we've definitely invested a lot. We've improved the product, but uh, we finally sent the notice that we're, we're bringing prices up to kind of modern day. Yeah. So they hadn't had a price increase in quite a while. Some things I think were mispriced, like the branded apps or the white labeling, basically, was way too low based on the amount of work involved for us. And so for the last six months, all new customers have had this much higher pricing, but we haven't you know, rolled it out to legacy customers. So we just told them it's coming, gave them 30 days notice. We only had one person swear at us. So overall, pretty successful. <laughs> I keep forgetting about that guy. Yeah, there was, he was pretty angry, but I, I'm hoping people have seen the value that we were, we're putting into this or the, the investment that we're putting into it. We definitely are adding features. They're getting more for their money, but the let's talk about the the reality whether they feel like that or not which is maybe more hopeful they feel like it's the same junk they've been paying for for the last however amount of years all of our competitors have raised, raised prices especially the, the main competitor in the space like the sort of premier product is almost double our pricing right i mean what they they've raised it to now it's similar at the lower they're higher on the lower end i think we're a little higher on the higher end so on the our thinking there is like, I also want to do freemium over time of, we just want people to get in the door and it, the reality of this vertical software stuff is like, once they're in the door and they start growing with you, they don't really change that often. It's a small fraction of the, the market that changes. So we want to get people going. And I think the smaller customers are the price sensitive ones. The bigger customers basically look at us as like, well, I could use this software or I could hire like a full-time admin in their tens of thousands of dollars a year. And Scout or Scout competitors are far cheaper than that. So it's like an obvious expense for them. Yeah. So I, I feel like I've had three conversations with big customers that have been paying for the branded app. And so what people that are listening understand what the branded app is, it's a mobile app cross-platform that was written God knows when, like probably 2016, that we have to kind of maintain and we throw their logo on it and it has special behavior. And it was largely languishing by the time we took the, the business over, like the, they wouldn't do any more because it was just too big of a pain in the ass. So immediately we raised that price to $3,600 a year now, and it was $590 a year before. So yes. massive price difference and people were buying new customers were signing up. They see the value of like, Hey, I'm going to get my own mobile app. If I do that, it's at least $10,000 on the very slightest. And then how do I get all these other features? So they, they definitely saw the value. People have been transacting fairly regularly with that, but I get it. Like you, you signed up at one price. So I actually just got off a call with one of our largest customers and we let them stay on their existing pricing. Now I'm, and I said, I'm the softy next time Colin will take the call and you can get the bad cop. But I, I do think it's, it's shitty to go from to try to switch it up. We're either paying $59 a month to 300 a month and some have not complained, but I think they will want, maybe they didn't read your email. And so I, I just kind of, anybody who's kind of barked at that, I've, I've just said, Hey, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll keep you on. And by the way, these are all customers that have been like super helpful with feedback and 
beta testing. So like they're definitely giving value back to us. And I don't know, I'd rather get that five, 600 bucks a year than not. I think that was what they were saying. They're like, we're just going to discontinue using it. Yeah, it's a, it's a optional add-on. So the normal price increases, the per user stuff, only that one guy had really any problems with. And yeah. then the much more expensive add-on that is optional and you don't really have to use. Totally. It was where we got pushed on, back on. Yeah, and it, it, it's really hard for me to, I don't know if we're actually, like at our new pricing, we definitely make money on it, but like the old ones, it's hard to say. Like we have uh, our junior dev, our apprentice Dom, like he probably spends 10 hours a week every week on just dealing with app store issues of this one's going to get pulled out or that one's you know missing compliance information like it's actually a lot of work to especially because we're adding all this structure it was kind of done in a fairly disorganized way and like had we re we, we brought a lot of infrastructure in to make it easier like to do releases without having to run it on your machine but oh it's still like a bookkeeping and organizational nightmare like between our support team keeping track of things and who's got what release and oh it's it seems like oh you're just cloning an app but it, it the maintenance is is has been re the real bear so glad we're we're finally getting this done what it will mean to us is what we're going to see our bottom line likely go up we'll see some churn we'll see MRR go up hopefully yeah fairly <laughs> substantially for sure it's definitely the yeah. easiest lever to move like when you acquire something new or just in if you own a business for sure those are the people probably most afraid when it's like most of your net worth is tied up in one business. They're just afraid to touch pricing and whoever acquires it just immediately jacks it up to where it should be. And you don't really get that much pushback. Yeah. I do feel like it's, we gave it a fair amount of time. We added value. We're continuing to, like, we're definitely putting a lot into making the product better, being more consistent. So I don't know. I'm excited to finally get that underway and, and checked off the list. It, it does always feel scary, right? It's like, it's never a fun conversation, but it does always seem like the healthy thing to do. Happy thing that we do not have like lifers or like app sumo users. We talked about that in some private or prior episodes. Everybody's on a kind of the similar thing. And I think everyone's been paying the older, the legacy customers that were paying the $25 a month. Like I think they realize since the time they signed up, there's been quite a bit of inflation. Yeah, for sure. Everyone else is raising prices. It's not that shocking to anyone. I guess other kind of bigger update on the scout front is when you offer like business management for X or like vertical software generally, I think it's great. I mean, you can keep adding more customers, but it's also these customers trust you and they're like small business owners and they want you to keep providing them with more services. So we've been getting requests for more of these kind of growth services and we're finally breaking down of sorts and going multi-product. So we're launching a new thing called Maple, which is a fast growing tree. That's how I came up with the name. And it is a, I like growth agency basically for us to offer to scout initially, and then to offer to more kind of local businesses. So it's a reviews app to get more Google reviews. It's a SEO. So like SEO audits and getting backlinks and kind of the whole service for you. Those are the two we're launching with to start. I think there's talk of like Google search ads and stuff like that as well. That would be like the three tiers we could offer. Yeah, helping our customers make more money. I mean, I think that's the one thing that we, as I look at these customers, trying to understand, okay, what are they paying us every month? And then what are they taking in every month? And trying to understand what is our sort of percentage of their their spend, right? Like it's, it makes it really easy for us if they, they're adding new customers and they're growing. It's like, 
great, throw it on. And we can be more of an engine for them than instead of just being like, Hey, we're your bookkeeping and appointment setting and all this other stuff is had a couple of also, even today had a couple of sort of technical integration things, custom people wanting the mobile app, but they want it to be a little different and being like, let me pay you. Like we want to do this. And it's, it's very difficult for me to wrap my head around how that would work. But I think there is something to offering sort of service along with the product. It's just, it, it's not why I got into this, right? <laughs> I'm coming from service and I'm coming into software. So I don't have to like be the person, but then again, it's, it can be such an accelerator. So I'm, I think it's worth exploring. I think it's worth, as long as we can add a lot of value, I don't see any, I don't see any downside to it. Yeah. I have no doubt we can add value. I, I do wonder if like what the long-term value is, or if you get most of the work done, like up front, and they're like, oh, thank you for putting my business in a position to grow. I'm gonna turn you off at month three because you did such a good job. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess we'll see. I worked with a prior businesses have worked with like growth agencies and they usually require those, those, hey, at least a quarter up front that you gotta, or at least commit to in order to avoid that. If, if it's like taken off and it's like, great, we can't, we don't have any more walkers. We can't fulfill any more of this work. So I'm going to turn it off, but that'd be great if we can we, think about it. it. The incentives are really well aligned. We're charging per seat. If their business grows. They need more walkers. They're going to pay us more. Like everybody wins. So I think that's the part of it that I really like. Yeah. So if you have a local business, we're doing this for mostly dog walking and like pet care companies initially, but we're happy to do it. It works just as well for basically any local business. So yeah. reach out. We've looked, so the larger question for us is like, we're the acquisition guys. Why are we starting this? Why didn't we just go buy review software? I think, so there's a couple of things. One, I think we have looked at review software and we've been like, there's not a lot here. You could probably just build it. <laughs> I think that's one part of it. And in, in, of the businesses that we have looked at, it's been a lot of service. It's been a lot of like, okay, we're buying an agency that has like some scripts or some like light software. So I haven't looked at a ton, but I think we've looked at three in total over the last two or three years. And they've all kind of had these same characteristics where it's like, man, there isn't, what do we, it's not really a software company. So I think that's been the, the main reason on my end, you're like buying a book of business, which still that makes sense. I mean, we have zero, not zero, we have what, three, four customers now, but that's hard to get the ball rolling. That's worth something. Yeah. I think the specific things we wanted, we wanted to integrate with Scout. So we'd have to build that anyway. And you looked at all the products. They're all doing from the financials very well. They're growing quickly. It's definitely necessary for any local business to have these kind of things. But it, yeah, it's just pretty simple operations, it's like blocking and tackling. It just made sense to build it instead of dealing with an acquisition, which is its own problems. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't even worth the lawyer fees, frankly. But I think that's... It's always, in my mind, it's always good to start. I mean, in my mind, this is almost like not even like a business until you get to hundred or a thousand customers, right? So it's, it's just an infancy kind of side project that is feeding growth of our company. I wouldn't call it a portfolio company just yet, but yeah, I think it, it does make sense to have sort of a migration it, 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 during the market doing what it does. I mean, I've lived through a couple of these now and you see it in every every different part of the economy where, you know, the, the people that were builders all of a sudden start becoming GCs and the people that were doing more services are, are kind of shifting to the, to the market. And I think 
it's when cash flow with interest rates, what they are, cash flow becomes much more appealing. And so like I've spent most of my career going like heavy on service and then going to the way other side. And it's like, it, I've talked about it before, this being like skiing, where you're kind of going side to side and, and having a balance where you're skirting to one side and skirting back to the other side and kind of going in between the middle as time goes by. And I do think that there is some element of that to, you know, navigating tough economies and being willing to do and able to do both in order to stay alive. So it's like, yeah, if the fundraising market dries up, you have options. It's not like, hey, we're going to have to, it's kind of like bootstrapping, which we were talking about in, in regards to the market to, to change topics a little bit. We were kind of looking at or talking about kind of a review of, of the last year and kind of a forecast of the future year, uh, it being October right now, it's kind of getting cold here starting to think about, okay, well, what, what's the acquisition condition looking like? So any thoughts on that? I mean, we're always talking to folks. I talked with a number of good bootstrap companies recently, kind of this business management for X profile. And I think they, I mean, they're profitable. They're growing steadily. They aren't as influenced by these like current conditions. So they're kind of stuck to like so generally we pay one to four times ARR is like you know, roughly any financial buyer will quote that range. And they're kind of stuck to that four times ARR. And so maybe you could get more aggressive on terms. So you give less money up front, maybe more, more money over time, but they just, they don't have to sell, right? They could just keep cash flowing and wait until the market comes back and things are priced highly. So unless there's some personal situation or they really want to retire or something, I think it's going to be hard to get a great deal for these traditional like bootstrap companies. So if I were to guess our next 12, 24, however many months, it's going to be a lot more focused on these venture orphans. So we talked about it last podcast. I think you're seeing more and more companies shut down. Many of these, I think you could pick up for basically paying off the debt. And we talked about the rough deal structure before, and then right-sizing these companies, I think is our path for the next, call it one to two years. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. I think the only other topic we wanted to kind of openly talk about was one of our portfolio companies that we've had for two years now, Automatic. It's a database backups platform. Has it been two years? I feel like it has. Almost. No, it's two, it'll be two years in on January. We, we did it right on New Year's or something. It was like perfectly yes, done for the, the end of the right. year. So we're coming up on a one-year point on it. And it, it's just been a flat business. And I wanted to kind of share with our audience, like some of the, the struggles that we had with it and how we're thinking about it. So some on the struggle side, it's been, it's been hard to kind of find new customers. They kind of find us, we've done marketing and the marketing ends up, people are trying to do like physical backups of their like photos and music and stuff. And it, it's like trying to market that B2B audience isn't super easy. We're below the enterprise market, which is by design, we don't want to be, we're not an enterprise SaaS in, in backups. We're not Snowflake or something like that, but it, we, we've struggled with, we've made some improvements. We've updated the product. We've done this and that, and it kind of begs this question two years in, it's like, okay, it's, it's flat, if not a slightly declined, like, do we want to allocate? So recent last couple months, we've built a prototype sort of talking about a studio project. We've built sort of a separate product that Instead of doing database backups, it does GitHub backups. So it'll back up your GitHub repos. It'll stash it away on a, a third-party storage. It's, it works just the same way that the database backups works. 
and you're starting from zero and it's hard to get that momentum going. We can market it to our existing customers, but they're not necessarily in the market for that, but they might be interested. They, they know us, but I don't know. It was something that I, I think as we think about allocating more time and resources to it, it's like, at what point does it make sense to just kind of let it ride? And do we want to raise the prices there? Which by the way, that was probably a, kind of an interesting lesson learned is like buying something within a year of the prices being raised. Like we knew kind of going in, it's like, we're not gonna be able to raise prices for a while. So you don't get that easy lever anymore. But yeah, it, we're kind of thinking about what do we do with this thing? Like we put our first pass of our sort of playbook together on it. We can allocate more to it and do more, but it's like, will that equate a return? Yeah. I mean, it's a question of like capital and time allocation, right? So we have a number of different companies, a number of different projects. Do we want to allocate a good chunk of our time and money to like continuing to iterate on that and launching more kind of product lines within that company? Or should we really, you know, focus that effort elsewhere and just continue let it kind of putzing around? I don't know. I mean, it probably makes sense if we could just get it to start growing a little bit. It would sell for more money as we look to exit in a few years or whenever. But yeah, I don't love how much time and money we spent on it and the outcome to date for this one. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting, like, especially on the tech side of things, it's the noisiest, like it is, there's a ton of infrastructure associated with it naturally by the nature of what it is, it's going to be infrastructure oriented. But I mean, the, the alerts coming off of this machine and that machine, and it's, it's like a constant and always when you're not expecting it. And so now we've kind of gotten into the rhythm of it to know the early sights and sounds and when those things need to be addressed. But yeah, it, it kind of, the thing that I think about is like no amount of product investment necessarily equates to a better outcome. Like we could rebuild it, do all these things. And it's like, that's not really going to do anything. I mean, it'll, it'll keep us busy and make it feel like we did something, but it doesn't necessarily mean anybody wants to buy it. And that's the thing I think that is giving me pause around wanting to, to reinvest in it much more is like, we need to see some sort of like user activation around it. And so I was thinking, yeah, we have this, we can push the, the GitHub backups to whatever extent, but at the same time, it's, it's like, who's, we're struggling to kind of uh, the go-to-market uh, part of things in my mind, or on like B2B database backups. It's just not, uh, I think a lot of that is product led and it's hard to double down on that if we're also not seeing the, the, the channels working for it. Yeah. Well, I mean, what's tough is we bought it and our usual playbook is, well, let's test sales and marketing. We'll push them that. And so I bought a bunch of Google ads, bought Captera ads. I'm trying to think what other things we tried, but basically nothing was working. SEO really thought, content. Yeah. SEO has been the only thing really to work in today. I really thought Google ads would work because it's like back up this specific thing should convert pretty well, but none of it really was. It just was not, has not been successful for us today. So this is looking more like the legacy offering is not going great. And it's like, you're trying to launch lifeboats of like launching new little startup product lines and hoping that one of them catches and takes off, which is not what an uh, acquisition should be necessarily. It's looking a lot more like a startup and a lot less like a steady company that just slowly grows. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's funny, like in this space, one of the main competitors was acquired by DigitalOcean, which 
it's in my mind, that's like a good and bad thing. Like it's, it kind of, everybody who's on DigitalOcean of these users, a lot of them are paranoid and they're like, well, I don't want to back up my stuff on the same service that I host my stuff. So it, it's like that has, you would think may have helped slightly, but it's also way easier to set up for DigitalOcean. So yeah, it, it's hard. I, I don't know. I feel like we've done a lot of uh, user discussions on the, at least on the product and sort of implementation side. And it's hard to get the right size. It's like these agencies that really like to use it. These folks that build a lot of websites, they're not an enterprise offering. And I think to an extent that business is shrinking the, with things like Webflow coming out, like these were a lot of companies that were just doing WordPress sites. Not that that's necessarily going away, but I think some of the stuff that we heard from the prior owner that worked were sponsorships, but those again, require allocating a much capital to a sponsorship and it's like, is it worth it? And so I think that's the calculus that I see is like us looking at this more of an exit, like, well, what's the exit going to be versus the hold forever model? Like where we feel when things are going well, like with Scout. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, that's, I think reality, you want to hold your best companies forever. The rest of them, there's probably an exit for most companies in their future at some point. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to cover? No, that's, that's about it. That's what's going on this week. I, I got a funny update from daycare in Austin. So my son's at a new daycare. He's like 10 months old. And we got a report. They asked us, has he been trying to bite you? He's been trying to bite kids at daycare. Yeah. And we're like, no, he doesn't have any teeth. So he doesn't really bite. And so what he's been doing, he could crawl now. So he is the second youngest in his class, but one of the biggest or the biggest. So he's quite a big kid. And he could crawl with real pace and the other kids are like walking around. And so we found out he's actually trying to kiss all the kids in the yeah, classroom. Yeah, I was about to say. He does these open mouth kisses. So he, they're walking around and he's like rapidly crawling after them, trying to kiss everyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, get, get used to it, man. That's great. That's like, he's going to get everybody sick, but that's part of daycare. Good. Yeah. I was about to say like biting, we definitely deal with it with my daughter, but if he doesn't have any teeth, that that's a kiss. That's for sure. That's that's just him being sweet. Yeah, that's quite funny. Um, you know, besides that, it's a F1 weekend. It seems like there's always something going on in Austin. Uh, F1 is apparently very big with rich people and Europeans, and I had not really heard of it before. But big thing in Austin this weekend, at least. Are you going to go to the to the race? I'm not. There's some like events around. People are in town for it. Some going to like dinners and happy hours. Yeah, I don't know. Should I go see the race? I, I don't I think know anything about it. It's super expensive and it's loud. I don't know. I've think of like the Indy 500, but it's not really F1. I it's all the rage. I know Dom from our team. He loves it. He's like, I think the younger generation getting really into motorsports. So it's it's really popular now. Yeah, weird. I, I probably won't go this year, but maybe some of y'all check it out. Cool. Well, that's all that's going on here. Thanks for listening. Awesome. Take care.